Welcome to Teaching Channel Talks. One of my favorite ways to spend time is speaking with expert educators about how to address challenging issues in education. I'm your host, Wendy Amato, and it is my pleasure to welcome back Dr. Michael Moody. Dr. Moody, welcome. Good to be back. Thank you. Not only are you the co-founder of Insight Education, you hold a special place in my heart because we share whatever crazy genetic code it is that produces people who love teaching middle school. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, and beyond that, you have decades of school leadership experience. Most recently have been dedicating your professional life to improving schools through coaching, consulting, equity work, strategic planning. And all of that is led by a belief. I believe you say every student deserves great teachers. Is that the right phrase? That's it. That's it. Yes. So welcome. I'm really happy to have you, you here with a, with a message like that. We have talked about you. We've talked about the system. And today I'd like to focus on your team and your people. What is the mission of your organization and how do you see that reflected in your teammates? Yeah, our mission is really to transform how we engage educators in their own professional learning and growth. Um, and how that translates to our organization. I, I mean, I've always felt like we got to model, practice what we preach and kind of model what we do first here before um, we can expect to see results or even kind of do the work with our partners. And so um, I think it just, I think we like to see that mission both kind of internal and external facing. Uh, and we like our kind of our team to engage in as well. Talk to me about some of the various roles in your organization and maybe what a day in the life looks like. Sure. Yeah, I think kind of, you know, most people in our organization are, are partner facing. So they're spending time in schools and districts. We call them senior associates or consultants, essentially. And um, they spend their time really supporting school and district leaders um, in their work, um, both on the design side of things. So when we think about, you know, we're doing a lot of work in Texas, for example, on rethinking what learning can look like post-pandemic. So they spend time on the design phase of the, that work, but then sit side by side with our partner districts and our educators help them to kind of grapple with everything from like how to how to plan a meeting, building the agenda, kind of how do we make it engaging to how do, what are some protocols we could use for, um, for examining student achievement and, and student data um, and kind of everything in between. So kind of whatever our partner districts need, we try to deliver on and we, you know, one of the things, we talk about a lot is we've we've sat in your seat and we've walked in your shoes and we kind of want to do that still and so you know, we we see ourselves as shoulder to shoulder partners with our partner districts and in, in the work i like that image of shoulder to shoulder because there are a lot of people with tremendous responsibilities in the schools who may feel very alone mm -hmm. especially in leadership positions because you know they're there are lots of teachers, and so it's not always so hard for us to find teachers, although sometimes it's hard to find teachers who mm -hmm. teach the same content or line the way we do. But, but you know, especially when you get into school leadership, you know, you're one uh, in a school building. And then when you get in district leadership, it kind of feels the same way. And so you're right. It helps to have someone who's done that work and who can sit side by side and just sometimes just listen, kind of vent um, and then collaborate and try to figure out good solutions together, too. Insight Education works also with Insight Advance. Can you explain the relationship between those two parts? I can. I often refer to us as sister organizations, but you know the reality is Insight Advance is an ed tech organization. Uh, the primary product they house and work with districts on is called Advanced Feedback. It's a video-based observation platform for teachers. 
So imagine virtual and in-person coaching happening um, kind of in one space. And we built the tool actually as part of our consulting work. We were doing a lot of coaching work and evaluation work in school districts and in our heads, we're like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And we know we can use technology to do it better. And so we built the tool, um, but it was just hard to, it was hard for people to understand everything we did in the context of the work. And also, um, you know, the work is different. Consulting work is quite different than ed tech work. And so we made them two separate organizations so they could be really focused on their mission, but there's a lot of overlap in the work. And so, you know, our team at Inside Education Group leverages the tools that Advance builds um, in their work as well, but also Inside Advance is its own organization. So it also kind of works with partner districts, just helping them launch um, co coaching programs that are tech enabled um, and that they want to leverage video to really do some of the kind of feedback and self-reflection work that I think is really important in coaching situations. And so we sit nicely and play nicely together, but also kind of have separate bodies for it. Inside education, you all have a range of work that you do in the schools, uh, everything from uh, coaching and consulting, equity audits, uh, strategic planning. What might it be like to be an administrator who puts up a hand and says, hey, I, I need some help with this? I, I think first and foremost is being able to put your hand up and say, hey, I need some help, right? We oftentimes mm. kind of feel like we need to walk in, sit in these seats and have all the kind of constant expertise at our fingertips. And that's just not the case especially now there's so much going on. So in each of those buckets, I think the goal is to find a partner who understands the work, but who's not afraid to kind of dig into the context to understand why the context matters and then build it from there. So there's some similarities across all three of those. And the biggest similarity I would say is, you know, we meet people where they're at, um, kind of where you are as an individual and where your organization's at too. And then we build from there. And so there's not an assumption that we've done it this way and you should do it the way we did it. Or when I was a teacher, I did it this way. So teach like I taught or lead like I led or use a framework like I, I, I used. We have lots of resources and we make lots of recommendations in our work, but at the end of the day, we want to enable really good decision-making rather than us telling you, here's what you think you should do. Cause we want to build that muscle in our partners too. Um, you know, I, I think it's a little short-sighted to feel like, oh, you know, coming in from the outside of the district, popping in and, having the solution or the one way that we're going to do it. I think more importantly, it's unpacking kind of real, the real issues, understanding the context and figuring out, hey, this tool might work, but with this modification or, or I might try it this way, but laying out lots of options and giving people some agency in the work because I want people to be good decision makers. I love our team because I think they're so well-versed at meeting people where they at started when they met their students where they were at. I think as school leaders, they met their teachers where they're at. And now in support roles, we meet our clients where they're at too. But in each of these, when I think about coaching, you know, it requires some vulnerability. And so we're trying to both model that and get feed, we get feedback on our own practice, but we've tried to find ways to build the practice into how we get feedback too. So we can kind of both model what the work could look like, but also we can practice it and practice with our partners as we're sitting there so that it, nothing feels surprising and nothing feels shocking, but really quite frankly, you know, nothing's surprising because they've we've prepared, prepared them for it and we've talked them through it. Equity audits to me are the most challenging part of this work because there's so much debate and dialogue right now just about equity. Tell me more, and, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, critical race theory and book bans and all kinds of things, school board races, like right now, the even word, word equity is problematic in many instances. And so, you know, what was once pretty common fair, I feel like in education, I don't think we were doing the right equity work always, but equity has not been distant from the education conversation. We've been talking about the achievement gap for decades. Um, 
But now the politics and kind of the external factors in school districts are really playing a key role in this too. And so, you know, something else we've had to really prepare for and kind of just get better at is figuring out how do we deal with these kind of winds of change and kind of the contention that comes along with a lot of these conversations and how are we not just dealing with them ourselves, but how are we equipping our partners to do the work and stand proud in the work, quite frankly, and stand strong in the work when it's definitely going to be easier to back out um, because there's so much discussion, which is the nice way of talking about what's going on now, but really figuring out how to do that work well. And so I think it goes back to, again, what I said, like, I did, I, whenever we talk about work, I start with who our people are, because I think they bring the work to life. And I just deeply respect the commitment they bring to this work, because it's not easy, um, but it's the right work. And I think people understand it's the right work, and therefore, they're committed to the right work, despite how easy or hard it might be. We could all be doing easier stuff right now. I think a lot of people could be doing easier stuff right now. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I really commend our team who don't believe that the easy stuff is the right stuff necessarily. And so they're willing to dig in even when it doesn't feel great. It is always a gift when you find people willing to do the right thing when it's not the easier thing. Yeah, for that's, sure. that's when you know you're keeping good company. You have teammates with really rich experiences. They have incredible education backgrounds. How does that inform the quality of the work they do? I, I'm hearing you talk carefully about respecting the context of the schools in which you're working. How do you balance bringing knowledge and experience and, and ways of seeing with that respect for where you are at the moment? Yeah, the, those almost feel separate to me in that I think the experience gives you what you need to sit with an educator and just relate and empathize, quite frankly. you know. It's hard to relate to a struggling teacher being a new teacher if you weren't a new teacher yourself, if you don't mm -hmm. understand them. And those memories, although they're distant from me, are still kind of fresh in terms of I just remember feeling the overwhelmness of kind of being a brand new teacher and a content year I didn't know with students I had just met and trying to navigate all of that. And so, and school leadership felt the same way to me. And I think it feels the same way to a lot of people, which is kind of once you're in it, you're in it and you don't know what you don't know until you're there and then you're like, oh. There's a lot to learn. And so, you know, I we value that ex, that experience because we just think it, it helps you step into the conversation already with an understanding of what that person may or may not be going through. And I think then the expertise, you know, so, so that it helps you empathize. At the same time, I really, we, we put a place high premium on being good listeners. And so I, and I think sometimes that doesn't always, those, those don't always work together. So often, you know, I, when I think about things like coaching, we often see coaches who are great teachers who become coaches who then coach by saying, I was a great teacher and I did it this way, do it this way, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think a different kind of way to think about that is if you've been a great teacher, what kind of questions can you ask that teacher to help them come up with what's going to make them a great teacher as well? So a little less, we try to do a little less talking and a little more listening so that um, but that empathy helps with the listening. So your experience helps give you the context to listen with that finely tuned ear and to know what to listen for. But we don't want to get into a place ever where we think we know more than who we're working with, because I just don't believe that to be the case. And I think if the more we can kind of always stay in that learner seat, even as the consultant or even as the leader in a school district, 
I think your leadership becomes more attuned to what the needs of your stakeholders are, particularly students and the educators we support. So I, I just sincerely hope that kind of the expertise doesn't get the way of good listening and that we can exhibit both at the same time, which is be experts in our field, but also be really skilled listeners so that we can then leverage what we know to help in the decision-making process, but just help people grow. Let's talk about strategic planning. I'd love to. There's a sense in education that really there is no strategic planning. You just, someone up there tells you what to do and then you do it. Let's challenge that. I what, think, what should strategic planning really look like? Yeah, I think there's some truth to that because that's how we've experienced strategic planning, I think, for so mm -hmm. long, which is every school and district, you know, every district has a five-year strategic plan or a 10-year strategic plan, but what that means from classroom teachers is not much, right? They know it's there, maybe, um, but that's the extent they know it's there. Um, you know, I think what we've tried to do is figure out, can we make strategic planning real? Can we actually make it something that drives action and activity in a school district versus just being a document that, you know, sits on a shelf or kind of somewhere online that people can reference, but it's not really driving the work. And, you know, the way we've kind of gotten to that is really figuring out two things. Number one, making strategic planning committees, not just about leaders, but about the community. And so how do we engage parents and caregivers in the strategic planning process? How do we bring student voice and educator voice into the strategic planning process? So kind of flipping it on its end in a certain way, we do a lot of outreach on the front end of our strategic planning engagements because we want to understand from the community, what do you think the priorities should be? What do you think is going well? What do you think the areas for improvement are? That can help drive the strategic planning process. And for the superintendents we support in this work, they find it to be a little bit refreshing because you know every superintendent either starts their engagement, they want to hear what communities have to say, but it's usually a thing, the 100-day listening tour, right? Or kind of, there are these processes that we hear all the time of, I step into a district, I'm going to go hear what people have to say. And then they go away and then they write the strategic plan or somebody writes the strategic plan. We actually feel like that could be the same process. And that's the work we're, we're aiming to do is how do we bring stakeholder voice, really good data, um, and a really solid process to the work so that when the strategic plan is done, quote unquote, like the document is written, there's been a lot of input in it, but people really have a firm understanding of what it is, how did we get here, why is that the priority versus something else. You know, our hope is that the community understands what's in it, and then we can start to drive action. That was a home run. Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> Dr. Moody, what's it like to see your vision, your original vision for your organization? What's it like to see that vision grow and evolve and gain momentum from the energy and the passion of your teammates? Yeah, you know what I love is that my vision, like what we're living in today is not my vision. And that makes me the most proud. Like it, it is a company mm -hmm. I started, but I I've, I know that kind of what Insight looks like now, it's the vision of the individuals that are part of our organization. And quite frankly, those beyond our organization, kind of our clients too. So what's been to me most exciting is to see how the work has evolved. When we started Insight, we were training teachers on backward design, standards-based instruction. Our, all of our work, 100% of our work was training and coaching teachers. Um, now we do such a diverse body of work. Um, and that's because we've had these amazing people in our organization who have helped us build that muscle and helped us kind of understand what work should be, should we be doing and why and how should, how should we be doing it and what should it look like? So, you know, I, I would say kind of, it's not my vision anymore. It's our vision and kind of what you see at Insight is a reflection of the people who have 
who are there now and who have come and gone and also kind of the, the partners we've worked with along the years and that's what i'm most proud of actually is, is uh i think i think what you're seeing is a really diverse perspectives of a diverse group of individuals who over a lot of years have done really good work in education and, and built an organization that i'm really proud of I love hearing that you're including the partners, the partner schools, the partner districts uh, in in your people, because that's a consistent message that I've heard you offer in all of our conversations. It, this is not work that occurs in a vacuum. It, it's not a secret huddle that happens at Insight where you go in and push something out. It's This is really a collaboration. Your emphasis on listening and, and capturing the context is a, is a statement about why your work is making such a difference for schools and for students. I appreciate that reflection. You know, like for me, it's all about been about relationships. I think life is mm -hmm. kind of about relationships too. Mm -hmm. I felt that way with my students. You know, we see this all the time. I felt that way when I was a school leader with teachers. And, you know, if you talk to our, our partner districts now, I hear so frequently how much they love so-and-so or, you know, this person, our, our consultants go to dinner at people's houses and, you mm -hmm. know, we, we become friends with our quote unquote clients because we spend so much time in the district. And quite frankly, like, we're on the team or we want to be one of the team. We don't want to walk away. We want to kind of be there with you. And I think that reads with folks. And so it's not uncommon for me to hear so much about our people's kind of personal relationships with people we've worked with all over the years. It's because we've worked so deeply with them and for such an extended period of time that you just, you can't help but, but engage in that. And, you know, back to where we started this conversation too, you build a bond when, you're the listening board for someone or when they're having a challenge and they need somebody to talk to and you're the person they call. And so we don't take that lightly either. Um, I think it's important that, you know, we're just honoring kind of the humanness that people bring to this work. Educators are so invested, you know, it's not ever just a job for an educator, you know, it's kind of a calling or a lifestyle, whatever you might want to call it. And, and that makes it harder in many regards, because it's really hard. And there was never moments where on the weekend I never thought about teaching, right? Like you're always thinking about your students and what you need to do and kind of how you can do things better. And I think our team does that with our clients as well. And I think that's what endears them to the folks they're supporting. But also I think what makes us good at what we do is we believe that those relationships are really important and, and there's something that can help us drive the work even further. Dr. Moody, you do have an amazing team and I hear so much respect and appreciation in your voice when you speak about them and the work that they do. I'm grateful to have been able to spotlight them with you today. It's an incredible, incredible group. Uh, you guys are making a big difference in schools and, and really for students across the country. Every, everything in education is better because of your work. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Educator friends everywhere, thank you for joining us this week. Please explore links to the topics that Dr. Moody and I discussed in the show notes or at teachingchannel.com slash podcast. And please leave a rating and review on whatever podcast listening app you use. I'll see you soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.